college football today. We are about an hour away from the start of week three college football marquee battle taking place later tonight. Number three, Clemson. Number 14, Louisville. We've went through the early games. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello here talking it and breaking it down about our top 25 analysis. But before we do that, uh, Fantasy Sports Network has partnered up with a great cause, DKMS. Rich, I haven't mentioned it, but back in 2001, I did have blood lymphoma. My father and I, it's a rare condition. We did get treatment, but it's something that's very important to me and to make younger people aware about a great cause. Yeah, I, I mean, DKMS is is essentially looking to get blood donors, bone marrow donors, uh, for those individuals that are suffering from blood cancer. They're trying to essentially delete blood cancer. I think everyone has had that situation in their life, someone close to them. Joe is a survivor. Uh, my dad, unfortunately, was not. He perished from, from leukemia. So I think everyone knows someone, and DKMS is, is doing a tremendous job, so we're proud to be partnered with yeah, them. Yeah, we are, and there's a great cause taking place at rotoexperts.com. We have a new fantasy game. You can log on. It's free with the opportunity to win Super Bowl tickets, so log on now. It's dailyroto.com backslash DKMS, or go to rotoexperts.com backslash DKMS. If you have any questions, you can call 844-843-6879, 844-843-6879. Rich, uh, when you look at these battles that we see today, I mean, not as I want to say flashy or sexy uh, as we've seen last week, but matchups that will have a determining factor for the national championship race a little bit later in the year yeah and there are a lot of teams that we've talked about today joe that on a normal weekend we wouldn't we've really had an opportunity to delve into kansas state to delve into the vanderbilts uh, and we will soon talk about teams like memphis so it's one of those weekends where fans get an opportunity to really drill down peel back the onion on some of those borderline top 25 teams that if they win this weekend you know, the winner of Kansas State Vanderbilt is going to propel in the eyes of a lot of folks their resume. Their resume is going to get beefed up. Well, you and I both like Vanderbilt. If Vanderbilt can beat an incoming ranked Kansas State team, what does it do for them over the next couple of months of the season? I agree with that. And when you look at some of these other battles, for me, I think it's an imperative game for Tennessee and Butch Jones. You look at some of the teams that need to win this week. For me, it's Tennessee. I mean, they need this victory. It's an SEC game with all the pressure that's on them after that week one, I want to say, miracle finish against Georgia Tech. It's win now. Otherwise, we'll start to hear the rumblings of possibly Butch Jones out in Knoxville. Yeah, no, you were right. I mean, where are the quality SEC wins? It's been long enough. He's done a nice job of building an identity, of improving the personnel. He's recruited very well. But you know what fans in Knoxville want. They need at least, they want an SEC title, but at least the SEC East they have to win. And this is one of those semifinal games. If you want to win the SEC East, you better be able to win in Gainesville. And quickly about the Heisman race. I mean, Darnold wins, Lamar Jackson wins. They could possibly be ahead of Baker Mayfield entering week number four. So it's very intriguing developments a little bit later. When we come back, we'll be breaking down UCLA and Memphis. Joe Lisi, Rich Sermonello, live from the Studio 34 Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Are you new to Daily Fantasy? Are you a veteran? 
Either way, you can better your chances of winning money and lots of it by going to DailyRoto.com. Multiple people have become millionaires thanks to the guys at Daily Roto. Why not take advice from the experts? You can become a millionaire too. Just go to DailyRoto.com to rock daily fantasy sports. about 45 minutes away from kickoff going to start breaking down some of the 12 o'clock games but before we do that rich people have always asked me when i started the podcast who are you going to take this week you're going to take michigan you're going to take penn state i tell everybody not only who are you picking but where you're going to pick is just as important so that's why i go to mybookie.ag that's mybookie.ag. They've been in the business for years, have a reputation that's rock solid. I would never uh, recommend uh, an agency or an organization that's uh, not respected uh, to my customers or to my fans. So, Rich, the most important part is that mybookie.ag will match your 100% cash bonuses. So right off the bat, you're making money for doing nothing. They're the fastest payouts in just two business days. That's right, just two business days. Uh, my bookie will match your your offer. It's new mobile site offers in game wagering as well. Join now and go to my bookie. Will match your deposit with up to a hundred percent bonus. Use promo code College GT. That's College GT. Visit mybookie.ag today and win. You play, you win, you get paid. The my bookie pick is two and zero oh entering this week. Oof. And the my bookie pick. Should we get a drum roll? And I know you're nine and three on best bets, and I had to I had to put that in. I'm four and eight. I just did it. So Rich has got a little lead on me, but not with the my bookie pick. Not with the my bookie pick. Mm. Last week I said it was USC. You said they would go to the poorhouse. <laughs> They're in the penthouse, my friend. Cue with the that, my bookie. Cue up that click of Sermonello the being dead wrong. The my bookie pick for the week. Yeah. Michigan. Wow. Over Air You're Force. You're doing that just to spite me because I love Air Force today. No, I, I really like Michigan. I, I think uh, usually I like triple option attacks. I, I think Army is, is in a ripe spot for, the, for Ohio, Ohio State. State. I right, just right. feel for all. Here's the difference when I break it down that game quick. I think Ohio State could be overly aggressive because they want to erase last week with Oklahoma. They want to start fast. But Army, if they get an eight, nine-minute drive, and I'm not talking winning the game. I'm just saying I can see Joey Bose's brother and Taquan Lewis getting very uh, overly aggressive, and that'll lead to backside plays that can allow Army to maintain possession and get some points and then slow down the game and cut possessions. Jeff Monken has done a great job on the Hudson. Right. Done a great job with Army. Now, Michigan, on the other hand, to me, I think Rashawn Gary's the difference in this ballgame, coupled with the fact that Air Force is coming off a bye week just the way Stanford was, and I said that it would affect offensive line continuity. Too early. So, for me, that's what I see. Plus, they need to start fast. I just don't see last week being a, a real image of the Michigan defense and offense. They start fast and just wear down an undermanned team. Yeah, I, I listen, they might wear them down, but wearing them down and covering, it's going to require about a four-touchdown victory. And, and and that doesn't typically happen with Troy Calhoun's team. I think the week off in this case helps only because the Zoomies have so many new starters on both sides of the ball. Aaron Wortham. Uh, Tim McVeigh out of the backfield. I think they could control the clock, limit the number of possessions that Michigan has. I don't like Wilton Spade. I have not been impressed. I wouldn't be shocked if at some point this season 
you see more of John O'Corn if Wilton Spate doesn't turn things around. Maybe today is his day, but that quarterback is starting to feel some pressure from Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, look for Evans and Isaac to have big days running up against that front seven. This was an Air Force defense entering this year that only had one starter coming back from a team that played very well last year. So we'll see how that game plays out. Air Force was 10-3 and in 2016. Another intriguing matchup is Gabe brought it up. UCLA and Josh Rosen coming off a dominating home win over Hawaii. We thought Hawaii would play much better. They didn't, but they did come on late in the second half of that ball game. Now, Josh Rosen and the crew go on the road. Again, this is a defense that allowed 281 rushing yards to Hawaii, 382 to Texas A&M, and in 2016, Rich, they were 0-5 when they allowed over 195 yards rushing and lost those games by 14.8 points per game. You look at Memphis, they rushed for 319 last week in bad weather, but I still like Riley Ferguson. I think he's a more consistent quarterback. Memphis with the upset. You know what? This, this, this is my concern for this game. Everything tells me that this is primed for an upset special, mild upset, UCLA only giving three points. But, you know, it, it, for, for the kids from the West Coast, it's a 9 a.m. game. That's not good, right? Uh, UCLA defense missing four starters. Not good, especially against a very good Memphis offense, not just Riley Ferguson. Anthony Miller is one of the more underrated wide receivers in the country. Mike Norvell, up-and-coming head coach. If he pulls the upset today, I I think it increases the likelihood that he's at a Power 5 program in 2018, the young head coach for the Memphis Tigers. Uh, you know, UCLA next week starts Pac-12 play against Stanford. Everything tells me that Memphis should win. I never have my finger on the pulse of UCLA, it seems. But I think because everyone is moving towards Memphis, UCLA finds a way in a shootout as hot as Josh Rosen has been. He carried this program in week one, did a nice job against Hawaii when you and I both thought there might be a letdown type game. So... I'm going to begrudgingly take UCLA on the road against Memphis. Yes, I think it'll be a difficult game, but Rosen is so hot over the past five quarters. He'll pull it out late for a victory for the Bruins. I like the Bruins, but I don't love them. But they should win this game. This is a Pac-12 AAC game. I mean, we're not talking ACC. We're talking AAC, Memphis, USF. This is a game that Jim Moore Jr., has to win. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I agree with your sentiments. I, I don't love Memphis. I like them because they're playing at home, number one. Last time a team went in there of a, a Power 5 conference, Memphis, uh, excuse me, Ole Miss. Paxton Lynch. Yeah. Paxton Lynch. Yeah. They yeah. lost that battle. I mean, they really played from a physicality perspective. Now, Justin Fuente was the head coach of that battle. He's not there anymore. It's a different type of team, but I still like Riley Ferguson. I think he's a gutty quarterback. Oh, yeah. And if the game is on the line... I'd rather, and, I, and people are going to argue, I'd rather have Riley Be Ferguson. Careful. Be careful. I, I called I'm him gonna out I'm going to try to stop ago. you before you say it. I would rather have oh, Riley Ferguson God. than Josh Rosen. I don't care. Oh, come on. I don't care. He just That's hyperbolic, I, my friend. I, I, listen, I'm taking I, 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 I'm, Riley Ferguson. I'm He's with a gutty you on guy. Memphis. He's, He's a gutty, gutty guy. But listen, Josh Rosen has proven over the past five quarters, I think it's yes, nine touchdowns. Five quarters doesn't make a season. No, I understand. But nine touchdowns, no picks, the comeback against Texas A&M. He is an elite quarterback. When I he mean, wants the, to be. The throws that he makes 
our spectacular Sunday next level. Not many people can do this type throws. So I would not put Riley Ferguson in the same category. Riley Ferguson is gutty, and I think that'll be on display that's today. That's intangibles. That's but what Josh I'm talking about. Josh Rosen is elite, though. He's elite. We're talking attributes. I'm talking He's developing nice chemistry with Darren Andrews, with Caleb Wilson, his tight end. He's finding targets. Again, I'm not going to oversell UCLA because I'm petrified <laughs> that they will blow this game just when we start getting on UCLA. So I, I think this is a four-quarter game. I just think when push comes to shove, Josh Rosen will elevate this team in the fourth quarter of what might be the most entertaining game of week three. Well, I think it'll be high scoring. Yeah. I, th- I think both teams will no look to start fast, it. especially yeah. Memphis playing at home. They need to get the home field advantage in that ball game. And you're talking about a Memphis team that over recent years, they beat Houston last year. They knocked off Ole Miss two years ago. So this is a team, when they play at home and they yeah. get a bigger time opponent there, they step up their A game. Now, in terms of offensive consistency, Riley Ferguson, 10 of 25 last week, 97 total yards. I think they, they're much better this year. I think they had their sights set on this game from the start of the year. We'll see how it plays out. Again, it wouldn't shock me either way. I like Memphis. You like UCLA in this battle. We both agree on, on two things. One, a lot of points. Two, highly entertaining. I think this will be a fantastic game. And I'm not down on Riley Ferguson. No, I, no, know, no, I know. He's itching to go up against Josh Rosen and to show NFL scouts, hey, listen, I know you're here for Rosen. But this former Tennessee transfer can play as well. Yeah, another another intriguing battle. I was dead wrong on Arkansas and TCU last week. Gary Patterson and the crew stepped up. I want to say a blue-collar, methodical win. I mean, it was 14-7 much of the way. They pulled away with two late touchdowns to win that ballgame, 28-7. They now are at home. Chad Morris, who you're very high on, who you think will take over the head coaching job at College State for Kevin Sumlin. Well, he's got a big play wide receiver in Cortland Sutton, and this guy is unbelievable, taking the top off the defense. I like SMU with the points. So here. do I. Yeah, I, I do. It's it's a rivalry game, the 97th battle for the Iron Skillet. This goes Not just good for cooking eggs, eggs, my friend. It's also good for rivalry games. Well, you're talking about Southwest Conference days. You're going back yeah. to the days of Max Naki and, and, and Kenneth Davis and Reggie Dupard for SMU. I mean, Listen, this Chad, oozes Chad Morris, Texas football. It does. Chad Morris has done a good job. They're not just playing well offensively. We talk about Cortland Sutton, but defensively, Justin Lawler, uh, Jordan Wyatt, Kyron Mitchell, they're playing well defensively, too. So I don't think they pull the upset, but nearly three touchdowns that they're getting in this rivalry game. Please keep an eye on Cortland Sutton. Might be the first wide receiver drafted next April. And the one thing that I think you look at SMU overall, they're trying to become bowl eligible. Last year, 5-7, and seven, they were on the cusp there. Quarterback Matt Davis got hurt at the start of the year. So uh, a lot of offensive inconsistency. But this is a team that really understands the philosophy, not only offensively, but defensively so keep an eye out for that in Fort Worth we both like SMU to keep it close when we come back we'll be talking Oregon Wyoming Joe Lisi Rich Sermonello live from Studio 34 Fantasy Sports Radio Network Does your favorite fantasy sports show pair banging on the table demanding shots? Drinks on Greg. Drinks on Greg. Drinks on Greg. With deep, smart Kareem Hunt analysis? If not, then I think the fantasy BFFs 
are for you. Every weekday at 11 a.m. here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and on YouTube Live, join Greg Sussman, Frank Stanfield, Mike Florio, and NXT wrestler Eric Young for some of the best, most enjoyable, most imaginative fantasy analysis out there. Don't get your fantasy from boring people. No! This is the Fantasy Football Best Friends Forever. Check out the Fantasy BFFs 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific. Every weekday only on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network and the Fantasy Sports YouTube page. First SEC game for LSU and Mississippi State. If you want to get the information you need to reach out to a big-time player, what a better way to talk LSU than with the 2003 BCS Sugar Bowl MVP. He's live on the Fantasy Sports Celebrity Guest Line. Former LSU running back and NFL running back Justin Vincent. Justin, how are you today? I'm doing great. How you doing? Uh, doing well. Love to get you on the show and get your thoughts about the Tigers. Very intriguing battle. LSU's won 23 of the last 25 over Mississippi State. Want to get your thoughts about what you feel offensive coordinator Matt Canada has brought to this offense in 2017? You know, from a football guy's perspective, I mean, it's, it's different. I mean, a lot of people who I've come across have always said that it kind of looks the same as it did before. But if you know football, you know it's different. Um, his his schemes and moving people around and creating mismatch for offense. Um, obviously, the first couple of games we didn't need to go out of the box and do some different things, but you'll see something different this week. I'm, I'm pretty sure of it. The SEC game, um, Mississippi State has always had a pretty vaunted defense, especially their front seven. So I think that you'll see some a little bit more explosiveness from our offense this week. Hey, Justin, Rich Sermonello. Uh, BYU and Chattanooga, first couple of games, blowouts, easy victories. To, to the naked eye, maybe a fan didn't notice anything different, but what did you pick up? What did you learn about the 2017 team in those first couple of games? That we're super young, but we're super talented. Uh, we have a lot of young faces out there, a lot of guys who are who are who are very competitive and coached well and are ready to compete at a high level at any given time. It's a pretty special situation for LSU. I think we've always been in a situation where we always played a bunch of freshmen, but we never had this many freshmen start, especially on defense, this early in the season um, and actually playing really, really well. You know, let, not letting BYU cross the 50, holding um, Chattanooga to minimal yards on offense. Um, offensively, you know, we got a couple of new faces out there, guys who haven't seen the field over the last couple of years, but they know what's going on. They, they get it. They understand the concepts. But I think it's going to be a great season. You know, um, you know, it's very, it's very optimistic feeling getting out there and watching the Tigers, not knowing what's going to happen. Before you kind of knew what was going to happen, you knew we were going to run the hell out of the ball and have a great opportunity uh, to put ourselves in position to win. But you didn't know how that was going to go. But now it's, it's such a different vibe and a different feeling. And I think the people in Baton Rouge and the people in this state are very excited about that. Justin, you see uh, former LSU running back Leonard Fournette tearing up the league in Jacksonville. Now his backup last year that led the team in rushing, Darius Geis, uh, unbelievable in terms of his play. Every time he's rushed for over 100 yards since last year, the Tigers are 8-0 and have dominated the competition by 27 points per game. How important is it for Darius Geis to get going early against this Mississippi state defense early uh, later tonight it's very very important you know Darius you know knowing the type of guy he is knowing he wants to get his, the ball in, in his hands and create opportunities for himself and for LSU 
um, getting him started early, getting that spark, getting him a little, a little spunky. Um, you know, kind of. I know he's chomping at the bit. You know, because he he loves he loves competition and loves playing these games. But just getting him the ball rolling, whether it's some passes out of the backfield, whether it's just handing it off going straight up the middle, um, a little power forty-seven action. I think it is, it's a great opportunity to get us going in the right direction, especially with like the young offensive line. Justin, you've mentioned youth uh, a couple of times. Uh, obviously, LSU always talented. A little younger this year. What are the challenges for those young players? Going into a place like Starkville at night, uh, you've played there. You're familiar with it. What are the challenges uh, that they'll face? Oh man, that's Cowbell Central. Uh, they're able to be burning, you know, by the time they get they leave that place. Um, I think it's it's a great opportunity for them to showcase the talents at a, in a at a great venue um, in college football. Um, they're very traditional there. They do a lot of great things there. The fans come out in droves. Um, just to get out there and, and get out of Tiger Stadium and get their feet wet as far as SEC play goes. Um, I think it's great for those guys. I think it's a great experience, a great learning tool. Um, you know, there'll be some of them that'll be starstruck. They'll be looking in the lights, looking in the stands. But uh, ultimately, I think that they're very competitive and they're willing to do whatever it takes for us to be successful. LSU's dominated in terms of run support, holding opposing offenses to 31, per, uh, 31 rushing yards per game. They get defensive end, outside linebacker Arden Key back for this ball game, coming off shoulder uh, a shoulder injury. How important is it for him to maintain uh, the outside against Nick Fitzgerald to allow him not to break contain in this ball game? Oh, I, it, it'll have Nick Fitzgerald looking at the corner of his eye. You know, Arden Key was a dominant force in the game a couple of years ago down there. Um, put him on the put him on the ground a couple times. I think that getting him out there and getting him lathered up and and, and getting him going and, and having opposite of him, which I think instead of them two rotating, they need to they need to put in that Clavion uh, Chesson kid who's been taking uh, Arden spot so from early on the season. Getting him going and having both of those dominant forces out there to begin with, I think it'll give you know especially when Nick drops back and tries to get the ball off, it'll have close that pocket on him, make him make some bad decisions, make those uh, make DBU do what they do. I was going to go Arden Key as well, Justin. Uh, question in terms of game shape. I talked to our audience a little bit about being in shape versus game shape because that would be my one concern in terms of how many snaps can Arden uh, take tonight versus uh, if he was uh, at 100%. Yeah, you know, I don't think they're going to they're gonna wear him out. You know, I think they'll get him out there, and I think they'll kind of gauge it depending on how he feels. Um, you know, I don't think they're just going to throw him in the fire and let him go after it. I think they'll kind of give him a series or two here and there, rotate him out, ask him how he's feeling, how that shoulder's feeling, and, uh, and go from there. But, you know, I don't see him getting a ton of snaps, but, I mean, heck, it is the SEC foe so, in, our, in our division, so you never know. Justin, in terms of offensive philosophy, I've always said it's not how many times you pass in a ball game, but when you pass, meaning you could only throw it or chuck it 15, 20 times a game. But if you're aggressive on first and second down, especially in play action, that could open up running lanes later in the matchup to loosen up those linebackers and defensive front seven. Do you see that as a game plan heading into this matchup in Starkville? Oh, definitely. Um a lot of play action passes with us, the way we've been running the ball and been so successful. I think that's one of the best things for us to do. Um, you know, we got a, a new emerging guy, uh, Derek Dillon, who didn't play a lot the last couple of years, but he's one of those sparky guys that can get the ball in his hands and he can really get after it. I think getting him in the, some play action routes in and off in and off the, uh, the corner, 
maybe some reverses and something to just kind of move the defense a little bit and open up that middle because I know they're going to be ready to and willing to stop the run from Darius. Um, I think we'll be able to take our shots and expose them a little bit. Uh, up front on the defensive side, Justin Richard Lawrence looks like he's not going to play. Arguably, the Tigers' top defensive end. Uh, I talk a little bit about some of the rotational players who could possibly step up and support Arden Key in the pass rush. Yeah, um, Lockershire, um, uh, Greg Gilmore. Um, we have Sai uh, Martin, who's a, a redshirt so- uh, sophomore. I think we have a couple of guys that can get in there and fill the void a little bit. But obviously, losing a guy like like Lawrence is uh, is a big deal. Um, he gives us a viable front right there in that shade position too high. Um, he does a really, really great job pushing the pocket and kind of closes in on quarterback with our defensive ends help as well. But I think those guys do a great job. And, you know, Coach Pete Jenkins, who's one of the best in the country, he'll find a way to make the thing work out for us. Justin, a lot of people don't realize that, but you were a part of the team in 2005 that was affected by Hurricane Katrina, and we saw Hurricane Irma unfortunately go through the state of Florida and affect some programs down there like Miami, Florida State, and Florida, just to name a few. Uh, Can you tell the fans exactly how that had an impact on you, not just on the football field but off the football field in terms of preparation? Yeah, it was really difficult. You know, uh, we were supposed to get out of camp probably two weeks prior to, but we couldn't uh, move around because we didn't know because it was the first home game for us. We didn't know if we were going to play or not. Um, they turned in our, our, our basketball gym, which was right across the street from our football stadium, to a kind of a, a hub, a little hospital um, for those evacuees from New Orleans. And it just made things really difficult. You know, after practice, we would go over there and hang out and talk to these folks and you know, hear their stories and, you know, them losing everything. And we had a bunch of our players on the team at the time from that area. So them not knowing where their family was and all that stuff, it was just so much stress. But, you know, Coach Miles did a really, really good job of coming to us and saying, look, you know, I'm I'm from the Midwest. I know nothing about this. You know, what do you guys want to do? And Tyson Jackson kind of got up in front of the, the team and said, you know, I don't I don't know how to hammer any nails, but I know how to play football, and I think that's what our fans needed. They needed something to uplift their spirits a little bit, and we ended up taking the game on the road to Arizona State and being victorious. Justin, it's great information. We love getting you on and hearing about your insight. Uh, we hope you enjoyed it today. We'd love to have you on as LSU makes it through their SEC schedule. Definitely. Give me a call anytime. Former LSU BCS Bowl MVP, Justin Vincent. I mean, that, that's a big-time player right there. And I, I can tell you his insight in terms of the Tigers, what they have to do tonight. They need to be aggressive, especially on the road in Starkville. You know, I, I also love his insight in terms of Hurricane Katrina. That was a great question, Joe. In light of what we're going through with the aftermath of Harvey in the state of Texas, Irma, in Florida to hear a former player's perspective with regard to Katrina, the impact that it had, not just on the football team, but just the entire community was, uh, was really uh, an interesting sort of an angle. It is because a lot, we don't know what these kids are going through in terms of uh, in Miami, these unfortunate circumstances. One day it's going to the East coast. The next day, the West coast is affected and people that weren't preparing to be evacuated were and how that affects young kids because it affects adults and these kids are 17, 18 years old and a lot of them want to get out there and play but it is preparation. It is about worrying about whether your family's going to be displaced or not. 
that's what matters first, and, and, and that's why I asked Justin that question. Yeah, and, and you know what? As, as individuals who break down and have broken down college football for many years, we focus on players and personnel and X's and O's, but a lot of times we need to take a step back and realize that these are 18 to 22-year-olds that in some cases don't even have a home to go back to. Their lives have been disrupted, so football is a big part of it, but when a storm comes through, it really puts a lot into perspective. It is, it is, and, and it was great insight from him. I like LSU here again I think they get a double digit victory uh, I don't even think it's close I think they blow them out how do you see it playing out uh, I like Mississippi State to cover possible upset but I like them getting the points when we come back Gabe Morenci with his 3.30 and 8 o'clock picks Joe Lisi Rich Sermonello live from Studio 34 Fantasy Sports Radio Network Hey, I'm Jeff. Look, I'm just a skeleton. I don't have an ACL anymore, but I still like to know what it means when one of my fantasy players sprains his. That's why I use the Inside Injuries app. It was created by real doctors. So you're getting information directly from people who have seen, touched, and operated on actual ACLs. Take it from me, a skeleton. If you aren't using it, you might as well just be guessing. Download the free app today unlock the secrets of injury analysis. Back on College Football Today, 22 minutes from kickoff. What better way to break down 3.30, 8 o'clock games than with Game Time Decisions host Gabe Morenci, he's live on the Celebrity Guest Line. Gabe, you want more love for USC and Texas USC's going to dominate this game. It's just amazing to me that it's a rematch. It's the first time that these two teams have played since what, for my money, and I've been watching college football since 1978, for my money was the best college football game that I ever saw. I guess, you know, it's the fact that uh, the Texas lost to the Terps in week one. People weren't impressed with the victory against the Spartans, uh, the bounce back, but still the pageantry, um, and the tradition, and you know that it's the same. You know that they're playing, they're playing again. And it's it's just amazing to me that this game flies under the radar in a fashion that doesn't. Especially with USC playing in the fashion they did last week. I'm not so sure they're going to blow them up, uh, though, Joe. I got to tell you what. Um, I don't know if you guys. I'm going to reference. I told you I had another hair metal uh, reference metal band coming up uh, here. Uh, but you know the song by Ozzy Osbourne, Miracle Man. It's about Tom Herman, and that's what—that's how the people in Las Vegas feel about Tom Herman when getting points. Five and zero, Tom Herman in his career. Five and zero against the spread when getting points. I'm not so sure. USC looks so good, and everyone talks about Darnold, but looks like they've got their back to the tailback few days as well right now. Some great running backs, man, putting up you know over 600 yards against Stanford. What are they going to do against this Texas team? I like the over in this game, but it's just amazing to me. You know, I'm, I'm just surprised. That on a day that really there's not a lot of sexy games, you got Clemson and Louisville, uh, but to me this is as sexy as it uh, gets. I'm really looking forward to this one. Gabe, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the biggest game. I'd love to get your take on Clemson-Louisville. Joe and I both like the Tigers to uh, to survive on the road. What do you think? 
Uh, I agree with the both of you, despite what uh, you said a second ago on Twitter. He's really killing you on Twitter, uh, Lacey. I know he is. Trust me, I know. It's unreal. Trust me. I'll get my last laugh. One season, one week doesn't make a season. I know that. (laughs) No, it doesn't. But I'll tell you what, speaking of a season, the Clemson Tigers have been pretty good for a couple of seasons right now. You know, Louisville might have the better quarterback, although I do have confidence in Kelly Bryant coming into this football game. To me, once again, I'll use the word pedigree. We're talking about the defending national champions. We're talking about a football team that's played in back-to-back national championship football games. And, you know, Louisville's just not quite there yet. You know, they've got Lamar Jackson, but I don't think they match up uh, down the line uh, man-to-man. I understand, you know, I know the injuries. Uh, you know, the injury to Alexander is going to hurt uh, Clemson, but Clemson's front front uh, front line is just too much to deal with. One of the best defenses in college football. Dabo Sweeney's one of the best uh, coaches in college football. And Louisville are a raw team, you know, kind of sloppy. They haven't blown anybody out yet. I don't know. Maybe they've been looking looking ahead towards this game, but you know, people seem to underestimate Clemson on a weekly basis. They did it last week against Auburn. You're getting the defending national champions laying four points on their home field last week. I think uh, I just think people underestimate the Clemson Tigers. I love Clemson tonight in this game. I couldn't agree more. Here's an intriguing battle. We were all on Nebraska last week. I, I liked it, Nebraska to get the outright victory. They were close. They shut down Oregon in the second half. Did not allow a point to Willie Taggart's crew and Justin Herbert. Now Oregon on the road to Wyoming and Josh Allen. To me, this is going to be a hornet's nest. Upset city. I love the Cowboys in this matchup. Yeah, this is a this is another football game that lost some of its luster because of the Cowboys' flat performance in the opener against uh, Iowa. Uh, even if they would have lost that game and they would have played better, this one would be a little bit more hype. You know, it's funny. Everybody's talking about Josh Allen. I'm really liking uh, what Herbert's doing with the Oregon Ducks. Uh, I'm really liking what Taggart's doing. This team isn't all the way back to what they once were, uh, but that offense nearly is. The aggression, the tempo, the confidence, the swagger. I mean, I remember when Herbert was basically in tears on the sideline. Now the kid's got a swagger. It's a dangerous football team. Without being stated, they're going on the road right now. It's going to be, as you mentioned, Joe, it's going to be a hostile environment. I think the Ducks get it done. I think the Ducks probably win it, you know, by six, four, six, seven. I think it's too many points. I think we got a live home underdog uh, with the Cowboys uh, here. Give me Wyoming. And I think the total's too low. I can rattle off my, my best bets for the remainder of the day. And this is actually on it. Uh, Wyoming plus the 14 right now. It's down to 14. And give me over 61 and a half. I think the total should be 71 and a half in this game. Uh, you had uh, teased us a bit, Gabe, about a uh, uh, an outright victor that is a seven-point underdog. Have we gotten to that yet? Yeah, let's let's put it on the board right now. Although, starting to get cold feet, Rich. Oh, come on. <laughs> come on. I'm gonna you, take yeah, you do sound point. like a politician. You got to you got to stick to your guns, buddy. No, I know. Well, I'm sticking to my guns. We're gonna give you guys a winner right now. Let's go. We're gonna take the Purdue Boilermaker. Oh, there you oh, go. Lisey no loves way. Missouri. Lisey loves Missouri. Oh no. Okay, I feel even better now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. I don't see how you can love Missouri. You're talking about a football team that fired his defensive coordinator two days ago, taking on a very innovative offense. I know that this offense isn't all the way where it's going to be in a year or two, but speaking of a lot of respect, I have a lot of respect for Coach Brom, and he's you can already see 
the dividends taking place on the field. Last week, Purdue only laying three against a MAC team. All the so-called wise guys were waxing poetic about Frank Solich and the Bobcats. What happened? The Boilers smacked them. I think you know Missouri. You know Missouri never should have left the Big Twelve. Number one, what are you doing in the SEC? They were lucky the first couple of years with James Franklin there, and uh, they fell ass backwards into a couple of championship games. Uh, you know this program is in a lot of trouble right now, and it'll, you know they're going to be calling for the head coach's head next. You know the scapegoat. Let's make the defensive coordinator the scapegoat. I, I don't blame him. It's a similar situation with the Bengals. Let's blame the offensive coordinator. I think this program's in a lot of trouble. I think we have a lot of dog. I think Purdue can win this football game. And I will sprinkle a little bit on the money line uh, as well. We talked about the Texas-USC game. I don't see how there's not points to score in this football game. I have to go uh, over uh, the number in USC. And um, another live dog guy here, uh, the Commodores, Vanderbilt. I'm telling you what, guys, Vanderbilt is a good football team this year. They got a sold-out stadium. They're fired up uh, for this game. I think Kansas State are a little bit overrated. Asking Kansas State to win this game and lay the points on the roads a little bit much. Give me the Commodores as another live home underdog. Well, I, you're you're in good I company love, because yeah, yeah, we love them. Joe love and I both love Vanderbilt today, so that's three for three. That's a good sign for the Commodores. I want to ask because I like Boston College. I don't here know if that's good. <laughs> He's killing me on Twitter. Let me just well, say every time you see a panel. Let, let me just say this: every time you see a panel on a TV show that uh, that it's unanimous, I always like to fade it. And yeah. It's nothing against us, but I'm always like, oh god, everyone, everyone <laughs> likes this pick. Yeah, as far as the Boston College Notre Dame game. That, that's a tricky one. So we got the Catholic Bowl here. It, this, this is a tough one. Um, you know, it's a lot of points to lay, actually. Uh, the, the old pervertable gun to head. Give me the Boston College Eagles plus the points. Yeah, I like that game as well. I'll say this. I told you USC last week. Rich laughed at me. He told everybody they go to the poorhouse. They're sipping bubbly in the penthouse game. <laughs> I'll just say that. They're sipping bubbly. I guffawed. And I'm all over your Michigan Wolverines. I really like them against Air Force today. Uh, another intriguing battle. It's a, I want to say similar style. Stanford, San Diego State. I like Rashawn yeah. Penny. I mean, it's back-to-back road games for Stanford. You're talking about a, a San Diego State offense that's averaging 277 on the ground and holding opposing offenses to only 50 yards rushing. I love Rocky Long as a coach. I think they get the outright victory over the Cardinal. You know what, uh, guys? I've been riding the Aztecs uh, for a couple of years now. It's one of the, the, the country's best-kept secrets. They fly under the radar. Obviously, in college football, there is a... East Coast slash Midwest. Let's call it a Midwest uh, bias, per se, or a Southern bias. So San Diego State flying to the radar, even on the coast. You know, imagine a feather in the cap that they would have if they're able to beat uh, Pac-12 opponents on back-to-back weeks. I loved it. We all loved it last week. I, you know, we called it. I said San Diego State on the money line last week, and we cashed it. This one is this one worries me a little bit because, as you just stated, Joe, San Diego, what, what are San Diego State? They're Stanford light. You know, let's let's be real. You know, Stanford and SDSU are the only teams on the West Coast to play a smash mouth style of NFL, sort of pro 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 style of football, and that's why they're successful. They're, they're you know most it's a lot of finesse football on the coast. They're successful. So suddenly, you got San Diego State who want to run the ball, who want to play physical football, want to play fundamental football, doing it against guys that are much bigger. Uh, than them. And in the trenches, Stanford are going to have 
a major advantage. But with that being stated, I like Keller Christ. I think he's a good kid. I think he's a good quarterback. But I think they're in tough here as well. I think this game comes down to the wire. I think Stanford probably pull it out, but you can't be laying the points like this. The number's coming down. The betters like the Aztecs here. It's eight and a half. I'll go with Coach Long and the home dog, especially with the Chargers not there anymore, guys. Huge football game in San Diego tonight. Give me the Aztecs plus the points. I also like the over there. Everybody thinking a low-scoring game. I think that game is very high-scoring. I'm talking like 37-34. I think when you look at Stanford overall, they're just going to be worn out, going on the road for another blue-collar team. That's where I see that game playing out a little bit later. I I don't know. I agree. Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'm on board as well. I mean, that's another case where we all agree. I like San Diego State, and I'll tell you why. Rashad Penny is every bit as good as Danell Pumphrey, and he actually can handle the load. He's a factor on special teams. He's been spectacular in the first two weeks. So, you know, for me, San Diego State, they might be Stanford light, but they're also confident. I mean, beating Arizona State last week, beating a Pac-12 team last week, I think is going to help them immensely. Possibility for the outright win, definitely the cover. Yeah, it's going to come down to Christian Chapman. Don't forget, Rich. Going to come down to Christian Chapman. When we come back, we'll be Houston as well. They've won in big games before. When we on the way out, keep the game When we come back, we'll be doing rapid fire. Keep it where it is. Sports Grid delivers sports news with a twist, including rumors, fantasy, and everything else fans love to read when they're supposed to be working. Come to SportsGrid.com for the other side of the story. Rapid fire picks, five minutes to kick off. We're going to give our best bets for the day. I like Clemson in a a double-digit victory over Lamar Jackson. Defense wins. Third down defense. Clemson has it. They win double digits later today. It's the one of the six we agree with. Defense wins championships. Defense wins this game. I like Clemson as well. Vanderbilt, I think their ability to shut down Jesse Ertz, make him one-dimensional, to me is the difference. Low score. I want to say close game, 28-24. Vanderbilt wins. I like the running game as well. Joe, not one of my best bets because I think it'll be a close game, but I agree with you. I'm really high on Vanderbilt and what Derek Mason is doing. I think they win the game outright. Now, Wisconsin on the road in Provo. I think BYU plays this game. Game close, not one of my best picks, but you actually like BYU too. I do. I just think in an alley fight, in a scrum, give me the team that's getting double digits at home. BYU is facing a lot of pressure, a sense of urgency. Wisconsin hasn't found their playmakers yet outside of Jonathan Taylor. I think this is a closer than expected game. Give me the points in BYU. That is one of my six best bets. Purdue playing much better under Jeff Brom. They're averaging 150 yards on the ground per game compared to last year, 96 yards in 2016. To me, it's the speed of Missouri. Drew Locke breaks out. Double-digit victory, 48-28. I love Missouri later today. Yeah, I liked Purdue all along. When I heard Joe coming out so strong for Missouri, I now love. Boiler up will uh, will be the phrase of the day. 
between Joe and I. Uh, you'll go, go to the poorhouse if you take <laughs> Purdue later today in Columbia. I might be drinking Boilermakers <laughs> if Purdue gets housed, I'll tell you that. <laughs> Marquee battle, rematch of 2006. I like USC to cover this number. They really showcased their skill last week in the Coliseum. The momentum continues. Not sold on the speed of Texas defensively. To me, that's the difference. USC covers by 20 or more later. <sighs> I wouldn't be shocked. I, I mean, as the week went on, I grew a little less high on Texas, but I'm going to stick with Tom Herman, his ability to overcome the odds as an underdog. He's done it. Gabe talked about it on our airways. I'll take those points in US uh, and Texas, and I think a big day for Chris Warren. I think he winds up being a mild star in this game and the Coliseum. All three quarterbacks will be available for Texas in that matchup, so keep that in mind a little bit later today at 8 o'clock. Another intriguing battle, Michigan and Air Force. I think the defensive line led by Rashawn Gary is the difference. They shut down Air Force's triple option and run at will against the Falcons. 55-17. This is my best, one of my best bets of the day with Michigan. Yeah, this is the only time we're really going head-to-head on best bets because I love Air Force. I think their style of play will frustrate Michigan, keep the ball away from Wilton Spate. Air Force with an extra week of rest. They won't win this game. I'm not going to go that far. But Michigan didn't look good against Cincinnati. Not sure they'll look great against Air Force. Upset City, Hornets Nest. I'm not buying into Oregon. Josh Allen in that offense that's only averaging 62 rushing yards per game. Get it done. Upset victory over Oregon. Bringing back the days of Marcus Harris and in college basketball, Fennis Dembo. Fennis Dembo. I love that one. I loved him during the, the, during the uh, NCAA tournament. I agree with you on Wyoming. I'll take those points. Oregon is super young, trending in the right direction. But going to Laramie, higher elevation. This is a huge game for Josh Allen. Has not played well against Power 5 opponents. Needs to for his NFL future. I'll take the points. Not one of my best bets, but I will take the points. Yeah, I'm taking the points with SMU. Not one of my best bets, but it is one of yours. You like them later today. Yeah, you and I agree which I like. I I think we're both high on SMU. I'm super high. I love Cortland Sutton. Like what Chad Morris is doing. This is a rivalry game. I think TCU comes down a little bit. They're not that explosive on offense yet. Didn't stretch out Arkansas. I'll take the points in SMU. Army is 2-0. They're rushing for four 117 yards on the ground. They keep it close against Ohio State. Triple option after a week of getting uh, annihilated by Baker Mayfield. 30 to 16, 30 to 14. Uh, Ohio State wins this game, but does not cover against Army. Yeah, I, I'm not in love with this game in general. Don't know what to expect from Ohio State. I'll t- I'll lay the points with Ohio State, but not one of my favorite games. And then I like San Diego State. Not one of my best bets, but you like them. I do. One of my six best bets. I'll take the nine, nine and a half points. I think this will be a game for all 60 minutes. Oh, buckle up. We're just getting started. We're about three minutes from kickoff for Rich Sermonello. This is Joe Lisi. Enjoy the games. We'll see you next Saturday.